uh, the most important thing uh, is to to work with local researcher. Uh, the mistake a lot of people do is actually you have an amazing designer coming from the US uh, and they use the translator. And, mm. and having this process, you, you waste, I mean, you lose 90% of the good information. Mm. But if you work and you're patient and you train local UX researcher and designer, even if they are junior in some of methodology, at least they're going to speak the local languages, understand local context, and even in terms of human interaction, that, that will go much smoother uh, than you as a foreign. Jan is currently the co-founder and general manager of UX, a Pan-African company which specializes in UX and human-centered design. UX is currently based in Dakar and Abidjan. User research is the most essential part of the UX design process. Today, I and Adebola speak to Jan about how he and his team use several kinds of user research techniques to collect data in order to build great digital products. Hi guys, welcome to the Design League. And today we have a special guest here. His name is Jan. And um, today we are actually going to talk about user research methods. We are going to ask Jan. Jan has an experience working in um, America, Europe, and also Africa. And he's going to tell us more about his user research methods that he uses when he, um, he's trying to develop a product. Hi, Jan. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Yade. How are you guys? Um, we're fine. And then we still have um, Adebola on here. He needs no interaction. <laughs> <laughs> right, hi, okay. everybody. Hi, hi, Hank. Hi, Burfo. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Hi. So I'm just going to go straight to the point. So, Jan, um, tell, us, tell us more about um, um, yourself. Um, how you grew up and then um, how you got into UX design. Yeah, sure. And thanks for having me, first of all. So, so my name is Jan. Uh, I'm French. I grew up in France. Uh, I studied material engineering mm. uh, back in France. But after I worked uh, in some design firm or some other uh, tech job uh, in Belgium, in the UK, uh, in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, started a few failed initiatives in the US uh, and after you know I came to Senegal eight years ago 2011 uh, to help for, for the start of a startup incubator actually and, and I wanted to do that to because I knew it was a great way for me to learn about a, a country that I didn't know at all mm-hmm. uh, and actually that was great because being in contact of entrepreneurs their daily life issues uh, you, you get to learn a lot as a foreigner and I'm very lucky for that. All of my teams uh, talk to me a lot, you know, the, uh, about you know the Senegal, and so yeah, I'm really lucky for that. And yep. and in this context, we noticed that uh, actually a lot of entrepreneurs had great engineers in their teams, uh, but not uh, any designer. Uh, and, and we felt there was a problem with that. So I was a good friend with two designers uh, that I met in Dakar, and I think at the time we're talking about five designers, UX UI designer in total in Dakar. Mm-hmm. for a country of 16 million inhabitants so not really a lot uh, and with those five guys we just started you know uh, talking to each other and i was the only non-designer of the group uh, to be honest <laughs> and i still don't consider myself as a designer to, to make it clear <laughs> but, uh, but but we, we we discussed a lot with them and we started you know doing some first meetups uh, for free for the community uh, so that people can understand more about uh, user-centered design, uh, human-centered design, UX, UI, all, the, all this new terminology. 
Uh, and, and after a few months, uh, it transformed into a company because we've been approached by other companies uh, and we start doing consultancy. Uh, the, the funny thing is that at the beginning, we're actually just a group of consultants, uh, like I guess a lot of people. Uh, but at some point, after a few months earning quite good money, we decided not to pay ourselves anymore, uh, but to, to really create a company and keep all the money within the company for one year. Uh, and, and I think that was the hardest, but the best decision we ever made is that to, to and because after one year, we really had some money to, to take a nice office, to hire people, uh, and to really look more credible in, in front of other clients. But yeah, long story short, it's just meeting with two amazing co-founders that are designers. Uh, and uh, yeah, and one is now specializing on research and the other one on UX UI. So I still learn a lot uh, with them. Oh, that's great. So um, <clears throat> since you've mentioned already, you have a um, lot of experiences across um, and then you, you're currently in Dakar, right? Yeah, absolutely. The company is based in Dakar and Abidjan. We're now a team of around 30 people, designers okay. and researchers uh, in those two countries. Yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Yang, um, thank you for coming to this um, episode. Um, if I was going to talk about how do you um, start your journey in terms of UX um, um, research and design, but you've actually touched every part of that in your and your first um, and your first question and um, in even your introduction, you already touched a whole lot of that Europe and you're now in Africa, conquering Africa now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to believe the research method is um, is actually different in all these um, continents, in all these regions. And um, how do you give about them? In how do you give about your research method in every part of this world that you've been through and um, you've actually made a whole lot of um, impact there? Okay. And first of all, Adebola, I didn't conquer anything. I'm still trying to conquer myself. <laughs> but but no, I guess that, yeah, that's great because all what we do here is, um, is trying to adapt all those research and design methodology uh, to the context. Yeah, it's uh, that is what I mean by conquer, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we, 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 we try as much as we can to make sure all the, not only the product that we build and services that we build are, are relevant to the context, but also the methodologies. Mm. Uh, just maybe to give you an example, when you arrive in, in a village in a rural area, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the thing that will do international designer that will arrive is the big SUV, uh, obviously a lot of white folks, uh, and they will come, they will have a translator and go run into individual interviews. Mm. Uh, and, and actually that doesn't work. You know, the, the thing that you, like we learned the hard way, and to be honest, we, we made some of the same mistake at the beginning, but not better. Uh, the, the thing was, you know, you have to organize a, a focus group first, uh, notably with the elder of the village. You know, have someone inside that introduce you, that understand why you're here and what's the value for them. Uh, to, to make sure you know you created this human link even if you have to waste two hours it's not wasting at all you know it's really worth it and mm -hmm. then after you can go on into individual interview but what we notice is that actually even if you start an individual interview you always have people uh, joining from here and there and so you end up having a focus groups and, and that's actually in terms of methodology a little bit challenging mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you also learn a lot because people uh, take decisions, share uh, experiences, uh, looking uh, with other people in mind, I mean, with other people in mind. And so that's very important that this group is also sharing all together. Uh, and, and for instance, so, so this is all the, all these little tools, you know, that, that we learn um, 
in terms of research practice, um, we, we use many of them, but something also we'd like to, to, to use as much as we can is to do a storytelling with icons. Mm. Uh, because we noticed, first of all, that people didn't have the same understanding of icons uh, as we may have, actually in even other countries in, in Africa, it's not even a continent thing, it's like a very local thing. Uh, and uh, for instance, like a dollar bill, a smartphone, notification bell, doesn't mean anything for, for some people. Uh, and so we, we do the storytelling of icons that, so that we can understand how they understand those icons. Uh, and on the other side, we also uh, can understand what matters for them. Uh, with, with the icons that they pick to tell the story, uh, we can understand the value, if it's family, if it's community, if, the, if it's a problem of funding and finance. So, so we can see all of that. Uh, so we do that. We we'd obviously use other tools, um, notably in agriculture, so that you can uh, really link the experience of your farmers to, to the crops, to the crop seasons. Uh, and, and that's really important, actually. You cannot do design in those fields if you don't really understand their the world. So you really have to be knowledgeable, knowledgeable sorry about that uh, early on. Sure. <laughs> so, so that few, yeah, just few examples of that. But, but as I say, it also gives, uh, the most important thing uh, is to, to work with local researcher. Uh, the mistake a lot of people do is actually you have an amazing designer coming from the US uh, and they use the translator. And, mm. and having this process, you, you waste, I mean, you lose 90% of the good information. Mm. But if you work and you are patient and you train local UX researcher and designer, even if they are junior in some of methodology, uh, at least they're gonna speak the local languages, understand local context, and even in terms of human interaction, that, that will go much smoother uh, than you as a foreign. So, so this is the, the best thing that we do. And since the beginning, we've been uh, training a lot of people in all the countries that we work with and, and try to work with local designers as much as we can. Okay, that's great. Um, I'll just, it's, uh, that's actually insightful. Um, that means the, with, this, with this local researcher, uh, researcher that you, you mentioned, you, you guys train them before they start to work, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. as much as we can, and to be honest, it's not going to replace like five years of studies, but yeah. uh, generally they, they learn uh, along the way. And at the end of each interview, we do a briefing um, on, on what worked, what didn't work, the, the tone and the posture of the designer. Uh, I think what's really important and hard for a young designer is to forget about his bias. Uh, because we've all been knowing about agriculture, or about this field, or about this field. And so we, we think we know a lot of things. So that's yep. very important that we forgot uh, about all our biases. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of uh, young designers. Okay, that's mm. great. Um, that's great. Um, there's this question of, uh, so um, I've, I've read some of, some of the articles on the, on, the, you know, on the company's website and I've seen some images and uh, um, I saw that you, you kind of go to rural areas a lot. So what has been your biggest challenge um, um, with this, with this, um, using these these kind of user research methods, as in, um, for example, focus groups or, you know, interviews. Hmm, well, it's uh, it, it depends on each of the countries. Um, yeah. Sometimes it can be. I mean, it could. To be honest, it could be security concern. I mean, we've been doing work in uh, in northern Niger. Uh, and it's not easy there, and actually not because of the security, but of the context that is being created by this fear. 
and so being able to interview people, meet with them, all those things, you know, is not easy. Uh, just in terms of logistics, you know, and uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I guess that's difficult. And also the, these are regions where it's not easy to find just place where you can eat and sleep and things like that. So, uh, but I guess, you know, when you have a team of passionate people uh, that, that live for that and actually love the, the fact that they can learn a lot, uh, I mean, they, they, they enjoy the they enjoyed it a lot mm. and um, and I think you know that's uh, that's also important for for us to understand those contexts because if you don't go there I mean a lot of people you know still gonna design mobile money services uh, without really taking uh, you know the time to go there even people from from this country so so yeah this is one of the first things we learned uh, second I think um, what we noticed is that for instance in Senegal people uh, don't know how to read French at all almost uh, but they speak Wolof, uh, and they're also very good at using digital products. Uh, but we've seen in other countries like uh, Rwanda, for instance, or Zambia, people do speak pretty well English, uh, but actually they're very new to smartphone uh, or to technology. And so we noticed that a lot of people actually uh, didn't know basic words, I mean, words that seems basic for us, like uh, login, save, edit, uh, library, yeah. uh, all those words that you have on an app didn't mean anything for them. Uh, and so we had to kind of uh, think back uh, 20 years ago how we would we say to to enter an app or to continue and try to find a, the right words. So th this could be some of the things that, that are challenging. Um, I will say, I, I guess, you know, the, the, the hardest thing sometimes in those regions is to, to make people understand, uh, you know, the, the opportunity for innovation. I, I think anywhere you have a strong... Uh, social context and when the social context is very tight uh, you, you always find people you know uh, fear of trying new things uh, and, and this is where you know when you can have and bring the right creativity methods and things like that uh, that, that work but you always have to find some allies uh, within a group during your focus group or your brainstorming session uh, you always have to find the people that believe things can change uh, but the majority of people uh, sadly, actually, uh, are, are kind of stuck, and it's hard for them to even think they can change the situation. And actually, they can. And, and so, we, we've seen, you know, in different projects we've been doing in rural areas that you can really have an impact uh, on on people's life. So, so I think it's that that is sometimes really challenging as a designer because you would like anyone to be <laughs> pumped up to speed and uh, you know happy to jump on the post-its and so on, but that's not the case. And so you really have to find uh, the, the right allies in the group that helps you create that sometimes more slowly and you have to take your time to do it, uh, but it works. Uh, is um, conducting user research expensive? That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think, well, I think it depends on your context. Uh, if your client is an urban uh, teenager that you can find anywhere on the street, not going to be expensive right it's quite fast and easy to find potential user and interview them uh, obviously if you have to go to far rural areas and drive and find place to sleep and it takes time uh, it's going to be more expensive because it's still time you have to go there um, the the key thing around your user research is really to find the right profiles uh, you're going to interview and sometimes what we do to prepare it best uh, as you probably know, user research is mostly qualitative processes, right? Yep. Uh, spend a lot of time with few people. 
but we generally like to do quantitative phase before, uh, just to make sure we identify the right profiles, mm -hmm. people who could be relevant for the personas or archetypes we had in mind. Uh, and that works really well. So we do a first quantitative phase, then qualitative, and then after quantitative again to validate potential business models or business opportunities. Uh, and this uh, quality, uh, quanti, quality, quanti works pretty well uh, for us. Um, and, and so I think that that's the crucial part. And, and you can save a lot of money if you are able to identify well uh, the right person uh, at the beginning. So, so that's for that. Uh, second, as I said, you know, if you're not going in rural areas and you don't go far, uh, you can do amazing things really rapidly. I mean, we've been working with telecom operator in, in Cote d'Ivoire. Okay. We finished the prototype upstairs. We just went down to the cafeteria, meet people in the cafeteria and show them the apps. Uh, and we had 10 user tests done in, in like an hour. So, okay. and that's user research. So that can work as well. <laughs> mm. My question is, uh, people tend to uh, miss um, two job brews together. And um, the, what the job brew is um, user, user design, user UX designer and us research i think this job so this two job actually goes into each other and then it's a little bit complicating to like figure out uh, which one is a user research and user um, designer so um can you please throw a little more of um more throw more light on this so, absolutely sorry. and i guess to to be honest that, that's a great question because that's the beauty of our job as a as a designer and not even putting ux researcher or whatever i just had a design you can come from any background and, and I think this is actually why when I look at the team that we have uh, I guess most of the people could not be happy in any job before because uh, they were in tech and they wanted to do a little bit more of sociology and anthropology or they were uh, anthropologists but they wanted to do something meaningful and to create products or they were doing marketing but they were sad of just on the advertising side of marketing they wanted to understand really the people so, so what I'm found in our team is that actually people can, in design and in this field and work of design, uh, reconciliate uh, all those things that they, they loved before. Uh, and so we have developers that still do field interviews and UX research, uh, and we have researchers that are really happy to be able to prototype and to build concrete things. Uh, and I think that's really the beauty, the beauty of the thing. After, um, to, to make things easy, when we start, we generally have two big categories. Uh, we have the UX UI designer, um, the people that are going to start from the workflow, the wireframing, so making sure we understand how a product is going to work. Uh, and then after they go to the UI, so the interface side of it, uh, to make sure you know you have the, the, the right visuals and interaction. And on the other side of the team, we have the UX researcher. Uh, and, and these guys, you know, most of the time, they run individual interviews, focus groups, uh, human-centered research. Um, and after they do a lot of workshops and this is actually all the magic is happening at those workshops at the end of the research when you're going to mix the researcher that have been meeting with the people in the field and the designer that have to design the product for them because and this is critical because you need to find the right tools uh, and actually the right group of people to make sure you don't lose the right insights from the field uh, into the technologies that, that you're going to build. Uh, and, and that's really easy there you know, in terms of technology to take shortcut and just look uh, and maybe, for instance, at Nigeria or Kenya and the thing that works and let's say, okay, we're just going to copy-paste that. 
and, and actually that's really difficult to really look into your research insights to really say, okay, now for Northern Niger or for Zambia or for Rwanda, we need this exact. Uh, and this is actually the magic that happens. Uh, and that is, that's the beauty of the job. I, I guess this is why a lot of people love being able to do the both sides uh, and experience the both sides of, of design. So would you say that, um, I'm asking this question because of where, where we are, Nigeria, because I mean, like in Nigeria, when you are being employed, you, they don't, they, they hardly look out for user experience researcher, right? They, they, they broadly yes. look out for user UX designer. So, so that UX, UX designer, so. your role is to have all these, um, skills all these uh, all these skills so you yeah. tend to have the uh, the research skills uh, yeah. even oh, to, to the point of in, doing some little bit of prototyping and uh, moya framing yeah. i definitely can relate and you know it's uh to, to be honest and to, to have experienced nigeria and ghana it's even worse in senegal and Cote d'Ivoire. you know our country mm. is a little bit less mature mm. uh, so when we started you know you, you have to imagine all the people who were asking us to do like PowerPoint design and anything related to what could mean the word design. Uh, and, and actually, this is why we had to say no a lot of time. We, we had to refuse a lot of things and actually a lot of money. Uh, and people were actually not eager to, to pay for what we wanted to do, uh, research and, uh, mm -hmm. and user experience, but in the sense of like deep user experience, not interface and visual, nice visuals. Uh, mm -hmm. But what we said, you know, we... We, we make it very cheap for some of the clients we thought you know, we could grow up with. Uh, some of, uh, we work with a local tech startup here uh, that grew uh, up to 400 employees that raised $10 million. And when we started working with them, there were five in the team. So, and along the way, at the beginning, they just wanted to, their app to be nice. And we just say, okay, that's fine. We're going to do it. And little by little, we accepted that, but we... We train their team in-house, we share them blog posts, we, we bring them into research uh, and did, didn't charge for the research uh, so that we can just make sure they understand the value uh, of the thing. And, and actually after four, two years working with them, those guys be, become better at it and they understand the value. So, so that's one key aspect, you know, to be patient and, and to understand, you know, um, you know, little by little, the value you can bring. Something that is very important as well is that we misunderstood, I guess, at the beginning, uh, is the, um, the competitive environment in which the company you work for uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Because if a company doesn't work in a competitive environment, at the end of the day, she doesn't really need UX. She yeah. wants something nice just because it's good to show to the board, but actually they don't need to differentiate uh, by the UX. But when they enter a competitive uh, environment, and we've seen that you know, with telecom operators in Cote d'Ivoire, like it's really harsh, it's millions of dollars, that they fight for every week uh, and now they understand the value of UX because one little thing that you can change in your ecosystem or in your app uh, can bring tons of revenue and now they understand that uh, and, and we made this mistake you know with some of the fintech companies that actually they were doing something but not in very competitive environments that didn't invest a lot in uh, in in UX, UI sometimes, but uh, mostly not in research. Uh, research is really key not to, to start a first product. A lot of startups can, can go without it. But when you are really in a competitive environment and trying to look for what you're going to build in the next five years, you need research. Uh, and this is what we, we say right now to some of those companies. And we 
pretty excited to be able right now to work on uh, almost prospective project. We, we just do concept design and we test the concept and that's it. So it's really early on product that may uh, never exist and probably go out maybe two years minimum. Uh, but I love that. I love the fact that we are able with some of our clients to really go early in, in the thing. Uh, but also the, the other thing, and, and I think that that's what I explained, you know, when we created Dukes, the first thing that we decided also is to, to, to regroup ourselves as the three co-founders uh, and decided not to pay off self and to stick to very complementary fields. You know, we, we could all do you know, UI and research and stuff, but we decided to have one lead of research, uh, one lead of UX, UI, and me was the lead more on the commercial side. Uh, and it worked pretty well mm -hmm. because by us, we described to the people what was our job. Uh, and the different part of it. And if you wanted to work with Danielle, you had to be specialized on UX. And if you wanted to work with Camille, uh, you had to, to do some research. Uh, and, and this is how that we, we sell that to, to clients. Uh, and, and I guess at the end of the day, for all the freelancers, it's a matter of regrouping yourself uh, and, and really sticking to that. And, and as I said in the beginning, saying no to all the things. We don't do logo, we don't do banners, we, we just don't do, we don't even do web development, to be honest. We, we just hired recently two front-end developers, uh, but we don't do anything else than front-end. We ship your HTML, CSS, but that's it. Because we, we and we don't even uh, communicate on it. It's really important for us that we wow. specialize on that. Yeah, because otherwise you fail in this bunch of any other company that does everything. And, and so the people don't really see the value of what you do. And so they never mm -hmm. understand why a designer should be more expensive than a developer. But if you don't do that and you charge them twice the price uh, for a designer than a developer, little by little, they're going to adapt and understand it may have some value somewhere. So That's at the beginning, they think you're crazy, but one year after they come back to you. So, so you just have to survive this one year. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. That's, 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 really that's, that's really great. Yeah. So, really uh, so I... Uh, when every time I, I, I get a brief, let's say for basically for, I mean, to design or to come up with a solution, let's say a web, a web solution, or let's say an app, an app solution, right? Mm -hmm. I always use the D school design thinking, um, what you call methods, right? Which is to mm -hmm. empathize, um, which is to, which is to empathize define the problem, ideate, and then um, prototype and Prototype. also, yeah. Uh, yeah, and also test. Okay. I'm going to add this, I'm going to throw this question to you guys because you guys have the experience in, in, the, in the UX field already. Which of these um, processes is really important? Hmm. I, I mean, which part of the process? Yeah, yeah, which, which part of these processes uh, yeah. is really important to the success yeah, of 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 um, developing or coming out with a product? Yeah, yeah a good uh, product. I guess. I mean, and, and to be honest, we also you know recreated our own process with our. And to be honest, we generally don't even call it a process. We we like to call it a toolbox because I guess it's also very important for the people to understand it's not line linear. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. A step yeah. one, step two. You know, it's just of a course. toolbox, and, yeah, and depending yeah. on your product. And I think a lot of clients actually, uh, is, 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 uh, at the beginning, they don't understand that. But when you present them a set of toolbox that makes sense uh, in, uh, in terms of chronology uh, and your successive step, you know, that, that's cool for them. But for us, I guess, 
Um, at the beginning, when the client comes, you know, they, are, they mostly want for UX, UI. Uh, some of them, you know, we know when they just want for people who do the development and everything, they're not gonna end up, you know, paying us. We, we, we only have people that look for us uh, and they know what they're looking for. Because, you know, we, we only need clients that are mature enough to understand what is a UX, UI designer. The truth is, most of the clients need to fail only working with the developer first. We have yeah. seen new clients that came to us uh, mm. without failing first with a developer only. All the clients mm. that came to us are guys that tried, you know, they tried with developer freelancer on to work on a huge project because they wanted to save money. Uh, and one month after the freelancer ran away with the code and they completely <laughs> stuck with the app. I mean, you know the story, right? We, we, we've seen those. Uh, and actually they had a lot of problem iterating and making sure, you know, the product is well adapted. Yeah. So after they go, they go on Google and they look who does this job and that's a designer. So wow, here we are. Um, and, and then they contact you. So, so that's generally the thing. And little by little, we bring them uh, in the other step of the process, uh, notably early on in terms of research because, uh, and the only way for them to realize and need some is to ask them the, the right question. You know, uh, who is your user? Uh, how do you know uh, which smartphone you use? How do, what is the, the inspiration of this user? Do you have any persona? Do you have any uh, data on them? Uh, and, and actually, you rapidly see if these people know their user or not. Uh, to be frank, a lot of startups know pretty well their users, you know, because they are, they are data oriented. Yeah, so they don't do a lot of qualitative process, but they have this feeling uh, and they know it. Uh, because sometimes the founder were, are really close to the problem. Uh, but when the company grows, the company, uh, they completely forget about the real user and, and they talk about the user like someone that's really far but they never met with them mm. uh, and this is where you know they have a problem and they can use some research uh, so so to answer truly to, to your question i guess it's really understanding the clients and, and the company needs uh, and maturity uh, because you know you cannot sell something that they're not ready to, to understand uh, and but once you do that you you can you know take this toolbox and choose the right tools depending on their issue. Yeah. Uh, and obviously individual interview for us is almost uh, uh, everywhere because it's really powerful. Uh, a, a lot of uh, workshops and design sprint type of workshop. Obviously you cannot really respect the, the really format of the design sprint, I guess, because it doesn't include a lot of research. So we, we tweak it and we change it. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's quite mandatory. And also what is mandatory for us is to do user testing on design project. We generally don't accept a, a, a project if we cannot do testing on the design prototype. Uh, and we refuse the client to go ahead with the development uh, if we cannot do tests after the design. And, yeah. uh, and generally, you know, the clients, you know, they think they were losing a little bit of time and money. But at the end of the day, when you do like lots of iteration early on, they understand the time they're going to save along the way. That's, uh, that's great. I, um, I, Adebola, what's also yes. your view, your view on, this, uh, on this question? Because my view personally is that they are, they are equally important, but mm -hmm. I know that it's also attractive. But obviously, yeah. um, I, some people might say, um, empathize or maybe I did or let's say like define a problem right mm -hmm. but I feel like every, since it's not it's not um, it, it's more attractive you can and, and it's more flexible you can even get to the prototyping stage where you can you you miss something then you would you would want to 
go back to the uh, let's say the empathizing stage to find out whatever mm -hmm. you missed right so some people some people would say empathize and define and also ideate is three three key um let's say two box or let's say definite processes that you cannot miss out right mm -hmm. you can't i mean it needs to be done properly for you to build a good a good a good product or yeah yeah, yeah. so Adebola, what's yeah, your I don't take know. on it so i i think it's uh the old two, bo two box is a little bit flexible i mm. wouldn't say um there is a particular one which is a uh, really really important than other but one thing i always say um when you try to is like um you're trying to build a house without a land and a foundation so it's not possible so <laughs> i guess you, i guess you build a house in the air <laughs> so, so so it's not possible so it's it's a it, you have to go through at least a level of research um so as to know who your um ca is who your target audience who your user is mm. and what the, even the market is even saying as regards to your users and as regards to the um, the product itself. So you have to balance the two together. There's no way you won't have to have a research before diving in into anything. And that yeah. comes with the level and the part of the empathy. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I think, I, I wouldn't say it's, um, yet is still the, um, the, the, the most important. But on the other side, you can have a beautiful, um, a very nice research and have a shitty um, design at the end of the day. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so all everything still works um and in and hand. Yeah. Yes, everything still works on it and but mm -hmm. I think um research is very, very key. Um I've worked on a project on a product before and um uh this so called my I won't let me say she's my boss. So she jumped the gun, she jumped the level of um research, she jumped the level of um prototyping, she just jumped and dived into development stage wow. <clears throat> sorry just like that Very just like that and at the end of the day there was a whole lot of back and forth because she doesn't even understand what she wanted and from the very onset so there was like uh more like oh you don't move this um, arrow to this part i didn't like this arrow being here it looks so tacky you understand so we need to now i now need yeah. to advise her to go back to the back to um to the point of research so let's go back to who want to really use this um, product. Who, who, who are we really, really targeting? What do we want to communicate? What do we want to say? Before we now start going back mm -hmm. to um, design, wireframing, and before we now go back to uh, development yeah. itself. So I think the part of um, research is really, 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 really um, key. It it's is. Very, if, very I can, yeah. if I can just add, I mean, we... Yep. Actually, when we started, since we had a, one of our co-founders specialized on research, we wanted to put research everywhere and the client didn't buy it. Uh, and the, the way we got into is that we only proposed user testing. Uh, and and mm -hmm. that was really a good way to tell them, no, you, we're going to start and we're going to build something fast. And because we understood some of the companies as well, they need to show something fast to their board. And so when the project manager contacts you because he has an app uh, to release, he, he really has two weeks to show something to his CEO. Uh, and, and he really needs your help to show something. So he doesn't want to hear about research. 
Uh, and we did that, you know, for Orange, you know, like a telecom operator in Senegal, we did like the, the first mobile money app of the country. And we did it in three weeks. Uh, but the first thing, you know, was to, we didn't have the time for research, but because they needed to show that to the CEO. So we did amazing prototype, clickable. And when the CEO saw that, he said, wow, okay, guys, it's already ready. It's already developed. <laughs> and so he was one, he was eager to launch directly the product. So you can imagine. That, yeah. But, but that was cool. And, and after the thing that we did is that we forced them at least to do user testing. Uh, and we learned a lot from that. And even them, I, I guess they learned a lot, you know, on the fact of meeting the client and believe it or not, they would have never test any application uh, as a telecom operator Be because of uh, confidentiality and all those things. Uh, they will never show a product to the consumer before launching it. Uh, they will do any type of survey, you know, like the traditional survey that you see, uh, market research firm and so on, but, but they will not show and do it for a proper user testing. Uh, and, and we learned a lot and they learned a lot doing that. And little by little, then they understand the value of sitting down with the customer and when they ask, when they have more um, questions regarding the future or new potential, now they understand the value of uh, of research what mm -hmm. we understand i think is that at the beginnings they were just trying to to go to to go back to where they were because they were very late and they didn't really have the time you know they knew they have to do a mobile money app so they didn't need to do a lot of research right they wanted to to build something real quick so it's also understanding where the the client stands in this ecosystem uh to make sure you propose the the best thing yeah. but mm -hmm. it's not easy yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I just want to thank um, Jan. Oh, so, cool, I mean, pleasure. yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you came and then you, you have really fed us with lots of information about yeah. user, <laughs> user research across and um, I wish you the best and um, I, I just would like to thank Adewala to, I mean, for joining too and I'm glad you guys Anytime. Are time. Yeah, no, and thanks, Daniel. I mean, sincerely, guys, thanks a lot for, for having me, but also for the job that you guys do. I mean, we are a company and we do a lot of things that for the community as well. But without you guys, uh, we cannot have, you know, the 300,000 designers that we would need in a few years, right? And then how many of us? How many of us in this company? A thousand? Not even? No. So, I mean, the guy, yeah, and I'm so happy to see you guys doing stuff like that because uh, for us as a small company, we could never grow if there wasn't for, for guys like you. So thanks to you. All right, wow. guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. See you soon. Let's catch up in a month if we survive this uh, COVID situation. Yeah, we will. <laughs>